How is everybody? Good. Okay, here's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody to stand up. Okay. Now, I want everybody to turn around twice. One, two, okay, now I want you to turn in the opposite direction two times. Okay, now everybody sit back down. I I just wanted to get your all's blood flowing a little bit this morning. Okay. Morning. How are you? Thank you. I like to see your eyeballs. Especially when you get cozy down in your chair and put sunglasses on. I know that trick. So, uh, I used to have a professor uh, when I was in college, and he was actually a seminary professor, kind of like you know graduate level stuff. And I was in one of his classes, and he made this proclamation to us. He said, "I know when you sleep in my class." Okay. Here's the problem with his class. It was at 1:30 in the afternoon. It was like the sunlight is pouring in to the classroom, so it's warm. It's the winter time, and we were right over the boiler room, which was the heater for, like, that entire building. So it was very warm. We had just eaten, and he was very monotone. That was like the perfect recipe for an afternoon nap that you got credit for being at. He seated us by, like, alphabetic order. And the guy that sat in front of me, his last name started with a K. And he was, he was, a, he was a broad-shouldered guy, like, a lot bigger than me and a lot taller than me. And when he sat down, I disappeared. And so for the first couple of weeks, I stayed awake. And I, I really hate to admit this to you guys, but I did this. I sat there, and what I would do is I would sit, on, sit at my desk which is like a college desk, so it's more like this. But I would sit there, and I would kind of have my hand like this with my head just barely visible over his shoulder, and I'd sit there, and I'd kind of write and take notes. And then every now and then I'd pop up and, like, look over Tim's shoulder, and then I'd go back down into that position and start writing. I did that for about two weeks. After that, I took naps in that same position. And you know how people are when they fall asleep in class, like they're kind of sitting there and all of a sudden they just nod off? Well, when I would do that, that's when I would look up over Tim's shoulder, and then I would go back down. He would call people down on either side of me for sleeping in class, and I slept through class. I came out of there with a B, so I, I, I'm not proud of that. I am proud of the grade. I'm not proud of what I did. And it's because I have done that that I realized, and I even went up to him and I apologized. And I went, I slept through the majority of your class. And I said, I apologize. And here's how bad I felt about it. I retook his class the next semester so that way I could say that I stayed awake through the class. Here's the sad thing. The guy that sat in front of me failed the class, so he had to retake it. 
And when they seated us by alphabetical order again, and there I am sitting behind Tim, I tapped him on the shoulder and he goes, yeah. I was like, would you mind switching with me? I said, I can't see the board. And he goes, yeah, sure. So we switched seats so that way I know I wouldn't fall asleep. So Big Tim still failed the class. I didn't. Um, Like I said, I didn't have to retake it. I just retook it. And y'all are like, man, we thought you were nuts, but you just retook a class just to retake it? Okay. So so that's kind of where I came with my I don't like it when you sleep because I've been there. I've done that. It's disrespectful, so I just don't really care for it. But I just wanted to get you guys up, get you guys' blood moving a little bit. So uh, it's Thursday. I like Thursdays. Thursdays are fun. Uh, usually Thursdays means that there's only one more day left. We're past home day. Like that was stuck in my head all day yesterday. Thank you, Uncle Paul, for wanting to show that video. It cracked me up. Uh, speaking of showing videos, I sent the video of you all going, good morning, Sarah, or whatever it was we said. She did text back. And I know that a lot of you all, why are you not popping up? Hey, Uncle Paul, I can't get it to come up up here. Um, you want to crash course or you want me to come back there? Huh? Okay, move the mouse down there. Uh, see where, see where it has like superhero week one, week two, week three, week four, bottom left hand of the screen. Okay, just to the right of that, see how it has like center, I could sing you your love forever, mystery, who needs a superhero. Okay, click on the one that says text. Is there actually like a picture up there? Because it's not showing up on mine. If it is, could you click on it? Oh, I got it. Thank you. We got it. We're good. Uh, okay. I'm actually, we need to cut this out of the podcast. I just ramble. Okay. As you can see, this is Sarah. This is from my phone. Uh, and yeah, that does say shower. I just got it back. Um, I have a waterproof case, so I listen to music when I'm, yeah, I know y'all, I know y'all really wanted to know that, but I left my, I left my phone in the shower and I got down here and realized it and I had to go back and get it. So she goes, this is, this is the text that I got yesterday while we were praying. It says, how did this morning's lesson go? And I said, you chirped in during the final prayer. You got a giggle. And then here's the video that we sent her. And then she says, oh boy, sorry, and then a cheesy face, and she was replying to this. And then right here's what she said to you guys, I feel so loved. So, so you all made her day yesterday, and I talked to her yesterday, and she said to tell you all hello, even though you all have no idea who she is. So, But Bryce knows who she is. Bryce knows everybody. So, so I, I hope you guys have been having fun this week, uh, and... By that, I mean, I hope you guys have had fun at all the activities, like all the games. Everything that, that is done here is done for a reason. And that reason is not to tire you out, not to humiliate you, although sometimes that second one is, is kind of like a byproduct that we enjoy. Um, and the reason that we enjoy it is because those of us that are older and kind of helping out here, we've been the ones that have been humiliated. So it's kind of like a rite of passage, like we get to humiliate other people. Um, like Jordan, for instance. See, I like talking about Jordan when she's not here because it drives her nuts when you all walk up to her and start talking to her. 
sometimes I think she likes the attention, even though she acts like she doesn't. But, you know, I told her this last night, and she was, she was laughing. But, um, I mean, I, I, I like to do things like that, you know, because it, it's just fun to me. <clears throat> kind of like this, you know, kind of like wearing a jacket when it's 9,000 degrees outside and burning up and sweating and um, having Bryce come up to me and try to, like, rip my jacket off of me just to see what T-shirt I have on. Uh, it's it's loads of fun. I like how you specified. I didn't do that today. Uh, so this morning, it, it's been kind of funny because all of you have been coming up to me going, hey, what, which one are we talking about? Are you going to talk about this one? Are you going to talk about this one? Are you going to talk about this one? I think I just started telling people yes, and I think I've agreed to, like, about a dozen superheroes and we don't have that many lessons left. Um, we do have three, counting this one. I already have those planned out. Uh, so um, this morning, about this is going to stop about 75% of the questions. Because I have been getting asked about this superhero all week long. And now there's a lot of you all that are sitting out there going, I know who he's going to say. About 75% of you are right. <laughs> The other 25% of you are going to be sorely disappointed, and you're going to come up with someone else to ask me about for the rest of the week. But that's okay, because that's been fun. Are you wearing a cape, or are you cold? I'm just asking, because I think it's awesome either way. Is it just a cape? You don't want Bryce to answer for you. Is it just a cape? Okay, awesome. Uh, total side note, and I'm sorry, I, I've been meaning to ask this all week. I, I know y'all have been noticing that we have these bracelets, um, and they have names on them. And Leanne goes, yeah, campers will come up to you and ask. Nobody has asked me. And I've been introduced, like, to a lot of people, and it has never been the person that's on my wristband. Uh, Markel. Awesome. Markel. Nice to meet you, buddy. Okay. I've been trying to figure that out all week. So, like the one kid that hasn't come up and said hi to me. Okay. Um, Just in case you're wondering, I have your name on my wrist. Okay. Now, back to this morning. Um, I I like this superhero. I I don't really know why. And I think it's because, uh, I think I really got into it because of my nephew. Because when my nephew was younger, like these movies were just coming out. And, you know, he's a boy. And so... He had, like, he had to have all the toys and, and everything. Uh, I always liked his obsession with characters. He got into Pirates of the Caribbean, and the superhero is not Doctor or Captain Jack Sparrow, so just get over that one. Uh, but my nephew loved Captain Jack Sparrow. So me being the great uncle that I am and how much love I have for my nephew... More importantly, how much love I have for scaring the mess out of my brother-in-law. I bought a life-size Captain Jack Sparrow cutout. And not like one where he's just standing there. It's one of those like where he's walking out of the mist kind of thing. So it's more of like an action shot with like his dreads flowing and like everything. And I bought that for my nephew to put up in his house. Because my brother-in-law gets up in the middle of the night, goes to the kitchen. I wanted to scare my brother-in-law. That's just what my life was about at that moment. Well, it backfired. They left that. I was I was gone for the weekend when he got it. They left it set up at my parents' house. But they set it up right beside the refrigerator 
So four o'clock in the morning, my dad gets up to go into the kitchen. And as he walks into the kitchen and he looks this direction, he sees that. He makes it two more steps. And my mom said he woke up the entire neighborhood. So (laughs) as much as I wanted to scare my brother-in-law, it actually worked out better that I scared my dad. So, and come to think of it, I don't know what happened to Captain Jack. Last time I saw it, my dad had a gun bag and that tucked under his arm. So I don't really remember. May he rest in peace. Um, so this morning, uh, this morning we're going to talk about somebody who, in all honesty, ended up. Okay, wait, hang on a second. I, I like doing this to you all, and I know you all hate it, but my brain's kind of going this direction. Everything leading up to this point has been just just to kind of get you to a point where you understand where God wants you to be. Like what God has brought you out of, what God is able to work through, what God is able to work beyond to get you to the point that he wants you to be at. And the reason that we took a break from it last night and Jared and Bryce and, and Rachel and Andrew, we just did lakeside worship uh, last night, which I know none of you all can check Facebook. That picture, I took a picture of it, and it's like plastered all over Facebook right now. Like Uncle Paul put it up, and I think Megan Lincoln put it up, and a few other people have. So you guys are famous right now. Um, but the reason that we did that was because we needed to take a break from, from what we were doing. Because this morning, tonight, and tomorrow morning, it's really, it's really going to be about what you guys do with what you've learned this week outside of camp. Because there's a lot of you, and, and I say this every year, there's a lot of you that go from, from year to year, and camp is like this huge spiritual high. And, and you're on fire and like you're excited and you know, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna just like bust out of this place and you're just gonna go nuts on the world with like what Christ has done for you. And then it kinda like, you know, kinda tapers off. And then you just start going, man, if I could just get back to camp, if I could just get back to camp, like, if I can just, and you get back to camp and like you're so excited about it because your friends are here and you're in this environment and everything like builds back up and it's just like this yo-yo effect. And so what we really want to do is I want to show you things that you can do between now and the next time you're at camp or between now and the next time that you're at that big event just to kind of keep you going, to keep you moving forward because that's what we want you to do. We want you guys to move forward. We want you guys to progress so that way when you come back, you're stronger spiritually than you were a year earlier. Like that's the whole point because eventually you're not going to have this camp to come to. Eventually, you're not going to be able to, to, to come here and, and, and you know, and, and meet up with everybody. I mean, I hate to say this, you're kind of going to be alone. And, and, and that's where we find a lot of our superheroes that we've talked about. Because of their superpowers, they're kind of alienated. Like, they're, 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 they're kind of the loners. It's kind of funny. We're going to look at that a little bit this morning. So, with that being said, this morning... <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one because, like I said, partly because 75% of you all are going to quit asking me questions. Uh, the other reason is I like the superhero. Did you hear? 75% of the crowd winning. Okay, so Spider-Man. Okay, was not really a huge Spider-Man fan, but I am now. I have a picture of my nephew and my niece and myself. 
I'm wearing this T-shirt. My nephew has on his brand-new Spider-Man costume pajamas. My niece has on his old Spider-Man costume pajamas. I did not have time to find that photo this morning. I will try to do it to show it to you tonight, but it's all three of us on the steps at my parents' house at Christmas wearing our Spider-Man outfits, and my nephew thought that that was like the greatest thing in the world. Second only to the fact that he got a web shooter that year for Christmas, and I got pelted with silly string. Um, so he really enjoyed that one, too. And I, and I did, too. So why are we going to talk about Spider-Man? Like, what what can we learn about Spider-Man? Uh, in the original comic books, it, webbing did not shoot out of his wrist. He created a machine that kind of did that. I always liked the uh, the theme song to the Spider-Man television show. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, doing the things that a spider can. It never made sense to me because I never once saw him spin a web, attack a bug, wrap it up, save it for later. You know, I mean, he, he never he never did that stuff. So the song lied to me, and as a child, I was I was turned off by that. I'm just kidding. Like it didn't really bother me. The man could shoot webbing out of his wrist. Who cares what he did with it? But we've we've gotten a lot of movies, and it, it cracks me up because over the last few years they've they've kind of thrown a lot of movies at us. And then they're like, eh, we didn't really like that, and it's been like a really big popular franchise, so we're going to completely revamp it. We're going to put new people in it, we're going to start over with new storylines. Okay, cool, whatever. They are working on Amazing Spider-Man 2. I have seen pictures of it, so those of you who are Spider-Man fans, that one should be coming out soon. Um, I actually kind of like this new Spider-Man a little bit more than I have recent ones. But who can tell me who... Spider-Man really is. Oh, wow, y'all raised your hands. You're, like, way too eager, so you're right there with a pencil in your hand. Peter Parker. Yeah, Peter Parker. Peter Parker is kind of kind of your everyday guy, you know, kind of the nerd, the loner, you know, that kind of person. Uh, he's the biggest nerd ever known, probably. He's thin, geeky, kind of a bookworm. Yeah, I don't like it when they call people like that nerds. You know, because at one point I was tall. I am kind of tall now. Maybe I should say at one point I was thin. I think it was probably about a week after I was born. But at one point in my life I was thin. I was never really a bookworm until I got older. I love to read now. I hated to read back then. You know, I always like it, you know, you know, you got like the geeky person, and it's always like with the glasses. So when I had to get glasses, I'm like, oh, man, now I'm going to be a nerd. And I was, you know. But, you know, he's, he's kind of like the bookworm. Never went to school dances or even had a date for that matter. You know, he probably even had a pocket protector. How many of you all even know what a pocket protector is? Okay, for those of you who don't, it's like this little plastic sleeve that you would put in your shirt pocket that you would put pins down in. So that way, if you left a pen open, the ink wouldn't run all over your shirt. And I know you all are like, who carries pens around with them? So, oh yeah, for anybody who ever said that you would never carry a calculator around in your life, thank you whoever put one on an iPhone, because that has been like the best thing in the world. Okay, side note. Uh, Whenever everyone went out for pizza, he usually went to the library or to the science building. I mean, you know, he was just kind of like this loner. Who would have ever thought that, you know, like the science hall would change his life? 
Yeah, because a lot of times, like, we put a lot of emphasis on, like, the more social things, you know, like the dances and all that kind of stuff. You know, like, what, what's going to change their life? But this is, and everybody knows, you know, the story. He gets bitten by a radioactive spider, and he becomes Spider-Man. And he has all this power. He can climb walls, and he can, you know, do all this kind of crazy stuff. You see, these things follow, these storylines follow a pattern. But if you're, if you're, if you're following along with this, uh, we're going to be talking about service. Being saved for service. But Peter Parker's story kind of follows uh, a, the same pattern that a lot of, a lot of superhero stories follow. First there's a peril. Then there's a realization of power. And then there's a promise to use that power for good. I mean, you look at it. With Superman, his planet blew up. With Batman, his parents were murdered. With the Hulk, it was a gamma bomb. With Iron Man, it was shrapnel being, like, embedded in his body. Then there's the realization of power. And then there's that decision that they have to make of, am I going to use this for good or am I going to use this for evil? And from that comes the promise to either do good or the promise to do bad. And I know that sounds funny, like, to say that there's a promise, you know, to do bad, but... But given some type of power, power which leads to the promise in which they can accomplish the power, the pattern is very similar to what we see in our lives. Here's the pattern that we see in our lives. There's a realization of sin, like that there's sin in our life, that there's that monster that is growing within us. There's that monster that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then there's that moment where we come to salvation, where, where we have in us the power of Almighty God, where he goes, hey, I'm coming into your life, and I'm going to change your life. And, and you see, what he does when, when he does that is, is he puts this power inside of us, and he gets us to the point where we move into that last step, which is we want to serve. We want to make a promise. We want to, we want to promise that we're going to serve God in everything that we do. We want to promise that, God, you've given me this great power, and I want to do something with it. So, so it's kind of the same pattern, which, which I think is pretty cool, because in that essence, we're all superheroes. Every one of us. So congratulations. I don't know what your superpower is, but you have one. Here's a quote from our author that we've kind of been quoting all week. He says, compare the process. Christians know humanity is locked in a struggle with the power of sin, a force as wild and ruthless as the Hulk. No best effort will win the battle, and neither personal goodness nor wealth nor success can save us. See, that's kind of the point that we're at, where we've been going like all week long. Only the truth will set humanity free. The truth of our need and the truth of God's love offered in Jesus Christ. You see, it's, it's because of that truth of our need and the truth of God's love offered in Jesus Christ that we want to serve. You can ask any one of the staff members here, why do you come here? Why do you give up your time? To come here. 
And a lot of them will say, because I like being here. I like being able to serve people. I like being able to work. I like being able to be here. I like being able to see lives changed. You see, the world looks at that and they go, that's crazy. What are you getting out of it? Like the world has always wanted to know, how am I going to benefit from what I'm doing? Like how am I going to ease my conscience in order to, uh, you know, to, to be able to do this? Okay, uh, kind of a side note here. I want to see everybody's faces. I want everybody to raise up, sit up in your chair, and look at me. Sit up. All the way up. Thank you. I don't like seeing the tops of your head. I have an ugly top of the head, and so do most of you, and I don't like seeing it. You see, the truth of our need and the truth of God's love, you see, that's what it is. When, when, when you realize that, that somebody has done something that's beyond your capabilities, beyond your capacity to do, and they've done it for you, you want to follow that person. You want to give them everything that you can to repay them. And that's kind of, that's kind of what our heart needs to be for God. He's done something that none of us could do. He saved us. And, and, and we should want to, to give back. We should want to, to pursue that. We should want to be just like that. One of my favorite stories to tell is of this blind guy in the Bible. And he's sitting there and he's, 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 asking, for, he's asking for money because he's blind. He can't make any money. And the disciples walk up and they go, they go, hey, Jesus, what has this guy done or his parents done that he was born blind? Like, in essence, going, what peril or what sin has happened in his life or his parents' life that he was born blind? And Jesus goes, nothing. Like, it was all done so that the Son of God could be glorified. You see, they start looking back at this and they go, what sin has happened? And Jesus goes, no, it's not about that. It's about his salvation. It's about, it's about God coming into his life and being able to, 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 you know, to be glorified in this. Just stand up. Thank you. So he goes, hey guys, up here is what's important. So, so there's, so there's that call for, for salvation where he goes, hey, I have, I, like, this is done for this reason. And here's what Jesus does in this story. And this is like one of my favorite parts. This guy's blind. Okay, so he has no idea what's going on. All he knows is that there's people standing in front of him, and they're talking about him. And they're going, hey, what sin has he done? And he's probably going, I haven't done anything. Like, seriously, I haven't done anything. And then Jesus goes, no, this was done so that God could be glorified. And he's going, oh, thanks, so God could be glorified, I can't see. And then Jesus clears his throat, spits into the dirt, and this guy's going, now they're spitting at me. And Jesus gets down in the mud, and he begins to kind of, like, work it with his spit, and he gets it up, and he puts it on this guy's eyes. Now, he's blind. So he's hearing them talk bad about him. They spit at him, and now this cold, wet, goopy mess is being put on his eyeballs. I'd have been swinging at that moment. Okay, like seriously, I know I'm blind, but you don't need to be picking on the blind guy. Okay, I can fight. And then, I love it, because Jesus goes, go wash it off. Yes. You had better believe I'm going to go wash that off. My, my little three-year-old niece, Peyton, hates to have dirty hands. But she is the messiest eater in the world. She'll grab like a chicken wing with both hands, like a little teeny tiny chicken wing, and she eats like the little center part where her hands aren't. 
And then she'll drop that and she'll go, my hands are dirty. And she'll go over and she'll wash her hands. And then she goes back to the table and grabs another chicken wing and eats. So I, I kind of picture my niece in this. It's like, hey, go wash your face. Yeah, I'm going to go wash my face. Thank you. So he runs and he washes his face. And once the water clears, he can see. Like he starts seeing people walking around. And so he starts running through the streets going, I can see. I was blind. I can see. And he's, he's going crazy. There's a lot that happens to this guy between that moment and the moment that he finds Jesus again. But I don't have time to get into that because it's a whole other lesson. But he finds Jesus. And he goes, like Jesus sees him standing there and he walks up and he goes, hey man, what's going on? And the guy goes, this morning I was blind. Some guy spit in the dirt, put it on my eyes. I washed it. Now I can see. And he goes, man, if I could only find that guy. And Jesus goes, you're looking at him. That's the Jared paraphrase translation, but he goes, you're looking at him. Like, I'm, I'm the guy that did that. And that guy goes, what can I do? Let me follow you. Let me serve you. How can I follow you? How can I serve you? Like, what can I do? You see, Jesus did something for him that only Jesus could do. This guy could not go, hey, I want to see you today, and open up his eyes and go, hallelujah. Like, he couldn't do that. And you see, I'll tell you this, that guy, before he saw Jesus again, his parents turned their back on him. His church turned their back on him. He had nothing. And he walked out and he went, what can I do? And Jesus said, go serve me by telling others. You see, that guy had a situation in his life that he couldn't control, that he couldn't, he couldn't remedy. Jesus stepped in, changed his life, and this guy wanted to serve and you have served your purpose for a minute, so sit down. You see, we see that there's sin in the world, and there's sin in our lives, and we need to be saved from it. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 18, it says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So you see... The cross is, is, is something weird. When you start talking about the cross to people, they don't know how to take it. Like, they don't understand self-sacrifice. They don't understand unconditional love. They don't understand those things. So they just kind of look at you like you're crazy. Like, it's hard for me to believe sometimes. It's hard for me to understand. Here's what I want you guys to, to, to see out of this. Not only has Christ saved us from something, namely sin and death, but Christ has saved us for something. I want you guys to, to, to grab hold of that. Christ has saved you, not only saved you from something, namely sin and death, but Christ has saved us for something. I don't care what anybody else says about you, you're important. I don't care what anybody else says about you, you're beautiful. I don't care what anybody else says about you, you're handsome. I don't care what anybody else says about you, you are priceless. I don't care what anybody else says about you. You are going to change the world. Now, I know that that sounds like a broad statement, but do you realize that just one small life-changing experience that you could give to one other person could impact thousands of people? 
I mean, think about it. Jesus called 12 men to follow him. Of those 12, 11 of them followed through. 11 men sent out to impact the world. One of those guys, Peter, stepped up in front of a crowd of people one day and began speaking. And the Holy Spirit came down and washed over that entire crowd, and everybody heard Peter's message in their own language. And they heard what he was saying, and 3,000, yeah. No, chapter 1, verse 18, I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I skipped by that one. What? First Corinthians. First Corinthians 1, 18, sorry. Um, Peter, Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes down. Everybody can hear in their own language. Of that crowd of people, through one guy proclaiming Jesus Christ, and who he was, 3,000 people got saved. So 11 men sent out. One of them in particular reaches 3,000 people. Those 3,000 people go out and begin to reach the world, and we have what we have today with Christianity being one of the leading religions in the world. Over 2,000 years ago. And because of what those 11 men did, I can stand in front of you and proclaim what Christ did for me. That's like one of the best pyramid schemes ever invented. And if you don't know what a pyramid scheme is, I don't really want to explain it to you. But it's one person reaching two people, those two people reaching two more people, pyramiding out. So not only has Christ saved us from something, namely sin and death, but he has saved us for something, and that's the service. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, both of those patterns between peril, power, and promise, and the sin, salvation, and service, they lead to the same action, developing yourself for a lifelong mission of gratitude. You see, when, when, when the superheroes realize that they have this power, they're so grateful that they have to make a decision of what to do with it. Now, Peter Parker, he, he kind of learned this the hard way. He decided, hey, I've got strength. I've been beat up all my life. I've been the nerd. I'm going to beat people up. So he starts wrestling for money. Like, that's how he starts out. And we all have seen the movies, and they, they stay pretty true to the story. There's one night he's wrestling, and they don't pay him the money that they owe him. And he gets mad. And while he's walking out, this guy goes running past him. And as he's running past him, he hears this, this promoter screaming behind him, Hey, kid, stop that guy. He's robbing me. And Peter Parker looks around at him and goes, Not my problem. And he lets the guy run off. Now, in the movies, it happens, like, instantaneously. Like, the guy runs outside, kills... Peter's uncle, Peter comes up, sees it, chases the guy down. In the comic books, it takes a little bit longer. But you see, Peter Parker learned it the hard way. Like, he was, he was using his power for, for selfish reasons. But he remembered something that his uncle said, and we all know this phrase. With great power, there must also come great responsibility. It's the same thing in our life. 
If we progress no further than sin and salvation, God's purpose in our lives is frustrated. And by frustrated, I mean stopped. Not going any further than it really should. Without service, our salvation is just kind of fire insurance. You see, when God saves us, there should be this desire to serve him in any way that we possibly can. And I'm not saying that you have to go out on a mission field, or I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor, or I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor's wife. You can serve God in any capacity that you want to. I know women who who have told me, God has called me just to be a wife, and they are the best wife and mother that I have ever met. And they honor and they glorify God because they feel like that's what they're called to do. So number one, God has given us gifts. Superman said this. There we go. Superman said this. He says, I look upon my powers as a gift, not mine alone, but for anyone who needs them. See, he wasn't selfish. Like he, 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 he knew that there was a turning point where he needed to be the better person, and he needed to use his gift for other people. You see, that's the way that we need to be with our lives. God has saved us, so that way we can minister to other people, so that way we can serve other people. How many of you all in here have ever served on junior staff before? Leanne, you can raise your hand because you led it, but you served on it. God bless you people. You want to know why I said God bless those people? They clean your toilets. They clean your bathroom sinks. They clean your showers. I have been a youth pastor. I know how dirty you people are. I don't even like to clean my own bathroom at home, much less somebody else's. And you want to know why they do it? Because God has called them to serve. And if cleaning a toilet is what they need to do to do it, do do it. That wasn't funny. That's what they're going to do. They may not like it, but they do it day in and day out. There are two girls that come in here, and I know that this is not as bad as cleaning toilets, but every one of you that has your feet up in the seat in front of you, they come in here and they clean every seat, whether or not there's a footprint in it. Because you all have been walking around, you sweat, you stink. They clean every seat in here. And I've sat in here and watched them. And it's not like, oh, that one has a footprint, so we'll clean that one. That one doesn't, so we don't know. They spray and wipe down every seat. Why? Because it's what they feel like they're supposed to be doing. How many of you all have thanked one of those junior staffers for cleaning your toilet? Mess with their brains today. Go, hey, thanks for cleaning my toilet. Or, hey, thanks for sweeping out the cafeteria. How many of you all have met Pal? I know you have. I met him for the first time the other day. And I know you all haven't noticed this, but there's not a massive hum that I'm having to scream over. He came in here, and he goes, hey, they sent me down here to figure out why the sound system's humming. I went, oh, okay, cool. And we worked back there for about 20 minutes and found it. And he came down here because somebody had said, hey, there's an issue in the, in the chapel, and we need to get it fixed. And he came down here to fix it. I've thanked him every time I've walked by him. Hey, thanks for coming down. He goes, hey, you helped. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, but you initiated it. 
How many of you all thank the cooks when you're going through the line? Thank the people who are actually serving your food. And not just thank you for putting it on my plate. Like, I've been up there with those ladies when it's like 1030 at night, and they're pulling bacon out of those ovens. I've helped them crack eggs just because they wanted to be down here worshiping with you guys so much that they were willing to let me come up there and help them crack eggs so that way they could get down here. I'm not trying to say that to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to let you guys see that there's an illustration there, that there are people who have gone through this that realize that what they're doing here is a gift so that you guys can receive what it is that God wants you guys to have. And that's all we're asking you to do is to return the favor, to go out and to serve other people. God has given us each one gifts, and one is not better than the other one. I knew a guy that said, I don't have any talents. I'm like, man, you can draw like nobody's business. Like, he's now working at Disney as an animator. Just because, like, he just liked to doodle and he started drawing and he's down there and he's working his way up through all of that. I've known people who are great at math. I don't know why that's a gift, but it is. And this is going to sound really funny. They're accountants today. And you're all like, that's not really serving anybody else. Yeah, it is. When they do it for free, just because they can. And I ask them, I'm like, why in the world do you do this for free? Like, you could be doing it for anything else. And they go, I like numbers. You're crazy. You're nuts. But, hey, go for it. You're keeping my butt out of jail for tax evasion. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm not a tax evader. If anybody is monitoring this podcast, I do not. I'm not a tax evader. I've paid my taxes more than my fair share. So not only has God given us gifts, but God wants us to use our gifts. Michael Brewer, our author this week, he says, Once Christ has claimed us for his own at the price of his blood, we have a great responsibility and joy. We offer all we are and all we have to his service. We not only need to be good, we also need to be good for something. I like what he says there. He says, we offer all we are and all we have to his service. Remember the rich young ruler didn't want to have anything with that. He was willing to give part of what he had and part of who he was, but God wants all of it. God wants it all. Every aspect. James chapter 2, verse number 4, or 14 through 17. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, I want to get this out in the open real quick. I'm not saying that you have to work in order to be saved. What I'm saying is that because you were saved, you have a desire to serve. You have a desire to do the work of God. You have a desire to do the things that God wants you to do. And that's what this is saying. There's a lot of people who go, yeah, I'm a Christian, 
but there's nothing there that shows that they are. They may be, but there's nothing there that, that, that kind of draws that out. Some of the people that you can go, yeah, man, that, that person is a great Christian. You could name off a list of things that they have done that prove that Christ lives in their life. And that's kind of what James is saying here. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Number three, God will bless the use of our gifts. No matter what our gifts are, even if they seem minute and worthless to us, if we give them over to God, he has the ability to just blow that up. There's this lady, and I, and I hate that I can't remember her name. She had Tourette's. And I know some of you all know what Tourette's is, but I mean, she had like violent Tourette's. Like her head would snap around, and she even had the cursing Tourette's. That woman could sing better than any professional singer that you can name. And when she began to sing and sing about the love of God and sing about what God had done in her life, and she began to share at these churches, her Tourette's went away, and she was able to stand there still and focused, and she could sing. And the minute that she stopped singing, everything came back. And I, I got to sit down, and I got to talk to her, and I was like, that was, that was awesome. And she said, God gave me the desire to sing, and he gave me the ability to sing. And I said, that's awesome. And she said, yeah. And she said, and that whole Tourette's going away thing, she said, I never knew that that happened. She said, people would have to tell me. She said, I didn't believe them, and they made me watch a video of myself. And she had a great sense of humor. She goes, I look pretty when I stand still. And I just kind of laughed. She goes, it makes it worth getting my hair fixed up. But you see, a lot of times, it doesn't matter what your gift is that God has given to you. If you use it for him, he'll, he'll, he'll blow it up. Like, he'll, he'll use it to impact the world. You see, when we offer ourselves in God's service, God doesn't guarantee to us success in every venture. But he will provide the strength to do whatever we're called to do. Whether our gift is great or small, in God's gracious hands, those gifts will be enough. We simply need to be willing and resolved to use the gifts that God has given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. Oop, wrong one. I just did that one. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. I couldn't sing growing up. I still really can't sing. But then I hit puberty, and my voice dropped. And I could sing a little bit. And I sang with some people at church. And then I went away to college, and I tried out for a ministry team. And I got on it. And I got to travel all up and down the East Coast, like everything east of the Mississippi, singing. And when I was little, people would duct tape my mouth shut to keep me from singing, but I loved it. But I used to, I remember like when I couldn't sing, I used to look at my sister and my mom and my dad, and I used to get frustrated because they could sing and I couldn't. And I'm like, I'm not a member of this family because I can't sing. My mom's like, no, you're not. You can run sound. Oh, okay. You, you know, she's like, you help us sound better. So that's kind of how I got into like running sound and the, the technical side of these services. But then when my voice changed and I could sing, I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it more because I couldn't do it when I was younger. 
But a lot of times we compare ourselves. Well, that person can do this, and I can't do that, so I'm not as good as they are. Yeah, that's right. You're not. It's because God has made you better at something than what they can do. You see, God God has has a reason for it. Acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he's not. So I'm going to wrap up real quick. So, oh, that's why I couldn't find it. Here we go. Wasted gifts. How many of y'all ever got a gift at Christmas? You were so excited because it was Christmas, so you're like ripping into it. Now people use bags and tissue paper. I miss like ripping into wrapping paper. Of course, I'm mean. I usually take a small package and wrap it and then put it in packing peanuts in a bigger package and wrap that and then cram that into a box with like stuff and then wrap that. I like presents like that, like like babushkas, like nesting dolls, like it's like, oh, it's another wrapped present, you know, and somebody goes, thanks, is this all you got me? You just opened up five presents in one. Yeah, but this is it? You ungrateful little person. Have you ever given somebody something or gotten something from somebody and years later you run across it at like a garage sale and you totally forgot that you had it? Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever opened something up and went, oh, thanks, just what I wanted, as you walked to the trash can, like to throw it away? I did this one time, worst thing in the world I ever did. I got a gift. It was horrible. I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't even like a white elephant kind of gift. Like this, someone genuinely went, hey, I think Jared would like that. And they wrapped it and they gave it to me. And I remember opening it up going, hey, that's really cool. I've seen those before. That's exactly what I said. I have seen those before. And she goes, I thought you would like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Several years later, I found it. Oh, who gave this to me? Why did they give this to me? I'll rewrap it and give it away. So I did. I rewrapped it and I gave it to a buddy of mine, her brother. (laughs) She opened it up. He opened it up and he goes, hey, that's actually really cool. I'm like, I'm really glad you like it. And she goes, hey, I got you one of those a few years ago. Yes, you did. (laughs) She looks at, she's like, let me see it. She looks at the box and she goes, wow, you got it at the same store I did. They closed down three years ago. Yeah, I did. I guess I've held on to it for a while. She looked at him and she goes, this is what I gave you, wasn't it? Maybe. But I didn't want to waste it. Here's something else that I have a really bad habit of doing. I get something, and I'm like, man, I could really use that. So I put it away, and I put it in a spot where I know I won't forget it. And then months go by, and I haven't needed it. And then there comes that one moment where I go, hey, I could really use this. Now, do I have one? And I'm like, no, I don't think I do because if I did, I'd remember where it was. So I go out and I buy it. And then I come back and I use it. And then somebody comes over and they go, hey, hey, that's cool. You, you used that thing I gave you. Yes. Yes, I did because you did give me that, didn't you? Thank you so very much. I still have no clue where it's at. And then like months later, you're digging around and you go, Wait a minute, is that the one I bought or is that the one that 
No, that's the one that they bought because it's still in the package. Hey, I found it. Awesome. Now I have two. No, because I can't remember where I put the one I bought. Okay, I've got one. And then months later, where are they at? Like, we just kind of do that. Like, you know, we waste these things. But here, I want you guys to see this real quick. This is a video that they aired during the Super Bowl a few years ago. I want you guys to see this. years with this package. I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? Nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. You see, that's that's kind of how God looks at our wasted gifts. Like, there are talents, there are things that God has given to you that he wants you to use. And sometimes we use them, but we may not use them for the right reason. You know, we may use them for personal gain, we may use them for, for whatever, but we're not really using them for what God has asked us to use them for. And it's kind of like that guy. Like he's equipped us. He's given us the gifts that we need to do what he's called us to do. And a lot of times we hold on to it. And unfortunately, here's how we hold on to it. We just kind of hold on to it and we go, hey, I got this from God. Somebody's like, what is it? I don't know. Okay, what are you going to do with it? I don't know, but he gave it to me, so I'm going to hold on to it. Because I'm sure that I'm going to need it someday. And then we're going to stand before God one day and he's going to go, hey, what'd you do with the gifts that I gave you? And you're going to go, I held on to it. I did what you asked me to do. You gave it to me. I held on to it. Did you open it? Nope. Why not? You told me to here. Here it is. You have it. Okay, but do you remember that situation that, I, that like you came up into? Yeah. Well, there was something in there for you to help you out with that. Oh. Remember that mission trip I wanted you to go on? Yep. Okay, everything you needed for that was in there. You remember that person that I wanted you to talk to, to tell them about me? Yep. Yeah, what you needed was in there. So what I needed to do was open it up and use it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like those gifts I talked about. Hey, thanks. I can really use that. And then you just sit it up on the shelf and never open it up, never use it. I mean, it's kind of like that FedEx guy. For five years, he could have used everything that was in that box. And it probably wouldn't have been a five-year stint. You know, I mean, like, they, they kind of take a humor aspect like that to, to kind of, you know, illustrate that point. God has given each one of us a gift. And it's whether or not you choose to use it for his service. Even though we may not use our gifts, we're just like this castaway. When we do use our gifts... Nothing else is more fulfilling than the knowledge that you are bringing glory to God. 
I mean, just think about it, if that guy would have, like, ripped that thing open and been like, there's a satellite phone, and, like, the joy that that would have brought him. And where are you at? Hang on, I've got a GPS locator. Okay, we'll be there in, like, three days. Okay, awesome. I've got a water purification thing. Like, I can handle this. But he didn't. You see, it's like that. It's like our lives mean more, and we accomplish more when serving God is our first priority. Because when you serve God, what he's doing is he's kind of walking you down this path, and he goes, here's what I want you to do. And so when you do that, he goes, okay, cool, now here's what I want you to do. And you get to go to that. You see, when I was younger and I gave my, I gave my life to Christ, I didn't know that I was going to be standing here. You know, my mom was like, hey, you can run sound. And I always thought that that's where I would be. And then when I was 18, my youth pastor goes, hey, have you ever thought about speaking? Because I did like a little bit of Sunday school teaching and stuff, and I was like, no, I've never thought about doing that. He goes, well, why don't you do that? I was 17. That was half my life ago. And I don't, I don't pass up any opportunity to speak now because, because God has given me that desire to do that. And so I want to use every opportunity. And because I've, I've used every opportunity, he opens up more opportunities. I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but during that, that uh, impact weekend or ignite weekend, that, that it was ignite, wasn't it, that we had like back in April? I had a youth pastor call me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, we were at that weekend. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, do you think that you could come speak to our youth group coming up in a few Sundays? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So we scheduled it. He called me right before I came to camp, and he goes, uh, change of plans. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we have to move the date. And he goes, no, we've changed venues. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, you're not speaking to our youth group. Uh, and like in our youth room anymore, uh, the pastor decided that you're going to speak to the entire church, that service. Oh, okay. And he goes, and when I say entire church, like they're not having anything else going on that night. They're bringing everybody in to hear you speak. Awesome. I found that out. I got in here and I started praying. I was like, God, you're going to have to give me something. Because I thought I could handle this, but you're going to have to give me something. And he has, because he gives us the gifts to do what he has asked us to do. When we're willing to serve and we go to him and we say, hey, I need your help, he equips us. He gives us the gifts that we need to follow through with the service. Here's the last quote that I'm going to give you guys this morning, and then we'll dismiss. This is true heroism rarely involves front-page rescues or superhuman achievements. A hero is anyone who uses his or her gifts to do what needs to be done in the service of God's world. We have gifts and we have a calling. Jesus has saved us from sin and for service. God has gifted us not only for our own sake, but also for the benefit of a needy world. We have work to do, and by God's grace, we have the means to do it. What that means in a nutshell, kind of like what Spider-Man got to hear. Because you see, eventually he did start using his power for good. He did realize that he had a huge responsibility. He had this awesome power, and because of that, he had a responsibility to save people that could not be saved. To help people who couldn't help themselves. To fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves. He understood that with great power comes great responsibility. But here's what this all means for us. With great blessing comes great responsibility.
God has blessed you with a life that he intended for you. We have been blessed because God loved us so much that he sent his only son to save us. And we have a responsibility to share that blessing with other people. Whether that's your neighbor, whether that's a family member, whether that's the person who sits beside of you in school, whether it's somebody on a ball team that you're on, a track team, a cheer team, yes, I did throw them in as a sport. Whatever it is, God has blessed you, and you have a responsibility to serve. Fathers, we come before you this morning. We want to thank you for a day that you've given us. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, that you have given us a gift. And Father, you want us to use that gift for your glory. And Father, we should freely want to use that. And I pray this morning that if someone's sitting there and they're going, I don't have a gift, I don't have a gift, I don't know what my talent is, I don't know how God can use me, God, just speak to them, give them peace. And Father, in time, when it's needed, show them what you have given them to do. And Father, then once you do that, give them the strength and the courage and the tools that they need to do the job that you call them to do. Father, we just thank you for what you've done in our lives. Father, we thank you for what you're doing right now. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us that we haven't even got to partake in yet. Father, may we serve you in every step of our life. Father, as we serve you, open up more doors of opportunity for us to continue to serve. And we just ask all these things in your name. Amen.